Good morning, church. Before we get into our sermon this morning, just a, a quick announcement. Uh, tonight, we have our churchwide Zoom call for our church members. Uh, it's an important call. We'll be voting on the Ruiz Church candidate, uh, church planting candidate, Wiley Jenkins. Hopefully, you've already gotten your voter ID for that, the ID number. You can go ahead and vote with that before the meeting or vote during the meeting, uh, but we'll be doing that. And then we'll also have a Q&A session with Pastor Aubrey tonight. Uh, Pastor Aubrey has returned from India. He's in the middle of his 10-day quarantine now. He's got the special uh, wristband or watch on, uh, so he's, he's at home. And he's, of course, still grieving the loss of his father, but he is also ready to uh, receive your questions. He's eager to hear from you. And also, if, if you're unable to make the call tonight, uh, Aubrey is very available in the next few weeks, especially after he gets out of quarantine. He wants you to know he would love to hear from you. If you want to email him a question or even set up a time to meet with him and talk with him more, uh, you can email the admin team to make a meeting with him. It's admin at eccad.org. But I hope you can join us tonight. Um, we all, I know you all want to get to know Aubrey more in the next three weeks of his uh, candidacy before we vote on January 29th. So keep praying for him as well. Let's turn to the word this morning. And one of the scariest moments for a parent is when you cannot find your child. If you're a parent and you've ever lost your child, maybe they've wandered off and you look every direction and you can't see them, that's a moment where panic quickly wells up inside of you. And a true confession, uh, this has happened to me before. I've lost a child before at the park. Uh, we were at the Mushrif Park or Umal Emirat Park just over here. It was nighttime. It was a very busy night, one of those nights where all the food trucks were there. So there were a lot of people around. We were enjoying the food. And suddenly we look up, and my five-year-old at the time, Jubilee, was nowhere in sight. Like, couldn't, we, we looked every direction, no jubilee. She was lost, and there was a, many, many people. We, we asked the table next to us if they had seen her. They didn't know. So Michelle and I made a quick plan. I'll go running in this direction looking for her. She'd stay there at the table, and, and we hope to find her. So I run off looking everywhere for jubilee. Jubilee, where are you? Can't find her anywhere. More and more uh, fear starts to set in. Okay, where, where is my little child? Where is she gone? Came back to Michelle, no luck, hadn't found her. So finally I run a little further off and found a security guard. And I think the security guards can recognize a parent who's lost their child because he, he saw me and saw my facial expression and my uh, urgency. He said, are you looking for a child? I said, yes. He's like, come with me, we, we have an office for this and maybe she's there. And we went to the office at the front gate and sure enough, Jubilee was there. A very nice Muslim woman had found her afraid and crying. She had wandered off and, and brought her to the security, and she was safe and sound, and I signed some papers to get her back. There's a long list of children's names who had been lost at that park, so I didn't feel so bad. Uh, I wasn't the worst parent ever on that. Uh, but kids wander off a lot. There's been a hundred other times I've seen my children start to wander off, and I'm like, hey, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> We're going this way, not that way. Come back. You need to stay with us. Kids are prone to wander. They get distracted. You know, at the mall, they see some toy at a store they like, and it's just like, I don't even have parents. Who are parents? I just want that toy. And they go, and they're gone, and you don't know where they are. Well, in the same way, we are prone to wander off from our Heavenly Father. 
so often. We, like children, can wander away. And in James today, in the last two verses of the book of James, we're going to see James talk to us about wanderers. So let's look at these two verses. James 5, 19, and 20. If you have your Bibles, you can open to it. We also have it on the screen. James 5, 19, and 20. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. This is God's word for us this morning. And this is the end of James. It seems like a strange or even abrupt ending to the book. James is very different from Paul. Most of Paul's letters, he has some nice greetings at the end. He says hello to some people. He thanks some people. He gives a nice benediction type of verse at the end of the book, but not James. This fits with James's style of being straight to the point, direct and blunt. And here he ends his book with these short verses about wanderers. This is it. This is the end of James. But this fits with the book of James. It fits his style, but it also fits his message. Throughout the book of James, we have seen him warning us about so many different sins. James's heart is that we would stay close with God, that we would not wander off into all the different sins that he has talked about, especially in the face of suffering. James has written to us much about suffering and trials, calling us to be patient. He doesn't want us to wander away. So this is a fitting conclusion to our series and to the book of James. And this morning we're going to look at the problem, the solution, and the result that we see in these two verses. Problem, solution, and result. So let's begin with the problem that we see in this text. The problem in verse 19 is we see that someone from the church is wandering from the truth. Christians wandering from the truth. So remember the context here. James is writing to believers. This letter is written to believers in the churches. And he starts these verses with one of his favorite phrases, my brothers. This is to his brothers and sisters in Christ, to the brethren. It's for believers. In verse 19, he says, if anyone among you wanders from the truth. Last week he asked, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Now, if anyone among you wanders from the truth, he's talking to Christians. The person who's wandering away here is someone in the church, someone who's professing faith in Christ. And what are they wandering away from? The truth. They're wandering from the truth. In fact, the word wandering here carries a meaning of being deceived, of being led into error, led astray, led away from the truth by some lies, some deceptions. This fits James because earlier in the book he said, do not be deceived, my dear brothers. He wants, us, he wants to guard us from falling away from the truth, from wandering away from the truth. So this is a serious warning to us in the church, to those of us who believe in Jesus and say we believe in Jesus. This wandering is serious. 
We often see other people wander away from the truth. I'm sure you know people in your life that you can think of that used to be active in the church, that professed faith in Jesus, and now you don't know where they are. Perhaps they've left the church completely. Perhaps now they say they're an atheist or something like that. Sometimes as parents, when our children grow up, you watch them wander away. That's really hard. Sometimes teenagers, you grow up together with friends in the church, and then you see your teenage friends drifting away into sin and drifting away from God. That's hard. Sometimes we even see pastors wander away from the truth. You know, some of the famous pastors out there, or perhaps even a pastor you know, you've seen them fall into some serious sin or even deny the faith altogether. It hurts to see that. But it should remind us, every time we see someone else wander away, whether it's a famous pastor or a close friend, it should warn us about wandering, that we too could wander. The famous hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, we sing, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. You are prone to wander. I am prone to wander. We are prone to wander. And James is warning us of Christians that we are prone to wander. We need to be careful. Wandering away from the Lord is dangerous. And if you think you're not in danger of wandering, if you're the one who thinks, I would never do that, pride comes before the fall, and you might be in the most danger of all. You are prone to wander. Think about all the enemies we have that are trying to cause us to wander. James has warned us about so many things. First, there is Satan. We have an enemy prowling around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Satan wants you to wander away from Jesus. That's his mission. And he's a liar and a deceiver. He wants to take you from the truth. James has warned us about demonic wisdom. In chapter 3, wisdom from the devil. He wants to take you down. He wants to take you away. He wants to whisper lies into your heart and say, oh, just take a little step away from Jesus. It won't hurt that much. Just try a little bit of this sin. It's not a big deal. It's just a little bit. Or he'll say things like, you know, no one at the church really understands you. You're all alone. Don't bother with church. Don't bother with Christian friends. These are the kinds of lies that Satan wants to plant in your heart to deceive you and lead you away from the truth. Well, if that's not enough of an enemy, James has also warned us about the enemy of the world. The world wants to drag us away from the truth. The world is full of temptations. James has warned us that friendship with the world is enmity with God. We should not look like the world. And the world often wants to drag us away with all the allures, with all the glamour, with all the riches, with all the temptations, with all the hollow philosophies out there to drag us away from our Lord. James has warned us of this. James has warned us of earthly wisdom that leads to bitter envy and selfish ambition. That's where the world leads us. Leads us away from the truth. In the world, there are cult groups who want to lead us away from the truth. They claim they have some secret, special truth. 
They claim that the knowledge you have in the Bible isn't enough and that you need some extra revelation or you need their special teaching. And we've seen people that fall into those cult groups, dragging them away from the truth. All the truth you need is right here in the Bible. This is all the truth you need for a godly life in Christ Jesus. It's all here. So those are some things we need to be careful of. But the the biggest danger of all to leading us to wander away, according to James, is ourselves. How many times in the book of James has he warned us about ourselves? Back in chapter 1, he said, Each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. It's our own desires that lead us to sin. In chapter 4, he said, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Is it not your passions at war within you? Perhaps the greatest danger for us to wander away is in us. The sin nature that we have, the evil desires that we have that can lead us into sin in so many ways. We cannot follow our own hearts. We follow our own hearts and we fall off the narrow path. So you see the problem here in James, brothers and sisters. This is a warning to us about wandering from Jesus. Let's go now to the solution. James gives us a solution here in these two verses to the problem of wandering. The solution for this problem says in verse 19 is someone brings him back. Someone brings back the wanderer. Verse 20 says, whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering. Someone goes and gets them. Someone chases them down. This is simple. This is typical James, blunt, direct writing. It's not complicated. It's not hard to understand. Someone goes and gets them. Someone brings him back. God uses someone to find and bring back the wanderer. This is a strong exhortation for our church community. Let me ask you straight away on this point. If you wandered away, would anyone notice? If you wandered away from Jesus... This week, this year, would anyone come after you? Is there anyone in your life who knows you, who is walking with you, that if you started to drift away, they'd call you and check on you? you This is why church membership is so important, that we actually commit to a local church. We commit to brothers and sisters in Christ to Be on the lookout for us. This is why we have a a membership directory with people's pictures, people's contact info. We can reach out to each other, pray for each other by name, by photograph. We need each other. We're prone to wander. Do you have those relationships in your life? I challenged you last week. We're called to confess our sins to each other in that text. Do you have someone in your life with whom you can be real? And who will see you wandering. Who knows what your temptations are. And can say, brother, I'm worried about you. I love you and I'm worried about you. What have have you been watching lately? Sister, I'm worried about you. 
Seems like your heart's getting devoted to some other things. This is why life groups are so important. You know, it's easy to come here on a Friday, come in, walk out. You don't talk to anybody. Nobody knows you. That's easy to do in a large church. That's why we need life groups. That's why we need those smaller groups to connect with each other and pray for each other and know each other. So that if someone wanders, someone will bring them back. We need the whole body of Christ for this. Did you notice James says, whoever here, whoever brings him back, someone brings him back. It's not just the elders. Last week we saw the elders go and pray over a sick person, but now James says, whoever brings the wanderer back, this is your job, church. This is our job, elders and members of the church. It's for all of us. We are prone to wander, and we need to be looking out for the wanderer. Brothers and sisters, in 2020, I fear that a lot of people wandered. We were unable to gather for several months, and now we're still with restrictions. Think about, is there someone in your life that you haven't seen for a while, and you have no idea how they're doing? A fellow brother or sister in Christ? Would you call them today? Maybe you're the solution. Maybe God wants to use you today or tomorrow to reach out to that person and bring them back to have your eyes open for the wanderer. It's easy. We get so caught up with our own needs, our own struggles, but God is calling us to watch out for each other, to love each other. Is there someone in your life group who hasn't attended for a few months? Reach out to them. Open up your membership directory and look and see, wow, I haven't seen that person in a long time. Reach out to them. They would probably love to hear from you, and God may want to use you in that. You know, I know it's hard to reach out to someone who is in sin, who has wandered into sin. In many of our cultures, many of our personalities, it's very difficult for us to confront someone who we see wandering especially if there's a sin issue. Certainly, James is not calling us to be a church full of police officers conducting investigations into each other or being fault finders, trying to look for every possible sin, every uh, tiny little fault that someone might have and, and, and find those people and judge them in that. No, James is calling us to a loving community, confront sin out of love, and if we don't know how to do this, we can remember that Jesus told us exactly how to do this. Jesus told us what to do when we see someone wandering into sin. It's in Matthew 18. Look at this text. He says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If you see a brother or sister in sin, or they sinned against you, don't start gossiping about it. You don't need to call five other church members to see what they think about it. You go to them alone. Go talk with them. I know that may be hard and unnatural, but this is what Jesus calls us to do. Go and talk with them. Before you go, I always encourage you, search your own heart, why you're going. Pray for that person before you go. Ask yourself, what is, what is my motive in talking to this person? 
Is it love? Are you going out of love for that person and concern for that person? Are you going to show them how wrong they were? Make them feel bad? That's often how it is, isn't it? Search your heart, pray. If you know you're going to that person out of love, then go. Go and help that wanderer. If he listens to you, you've gained your brother. Praise God. This often happens. You go to that person and they repent and they come back. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. So at this point, you bring someone else along. You could call one of the elders in this case and we'll go talk to that brother or sister and urge them lovingly to repent. And if they still won't repent, if he refuses to listen to them, then tell it to the church. The sin is clear. It's been established by witnesses. And then at this point, the whole church, out of love, calls on this person to say, brother or sister, you're wandering from the truth. Please come back. Please repent. We don't want to see you fall away. We don't want to see your soul die, as James talks about here. Come back to Jesus. If he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. At that point, we grieve when a person won't repent. That's the point where we enact church discipline and say your, your testimony of Christ is, is not faithful and you can no longer be a member. And we still love that person. We still urge them to repent. But they can no longer be a member of the church with us at that point. So brothers and sisters, James is calling us as a church to have such a loving community, to know each other in such a way that we can see each other wandering and call each other back. Do you have people like that in your life? And are you seeking the wanderers? That's part of your mission here at ECC is to seek the wanderers and help find them and bring them back. We want no sheep left behind at ECC. No sheep disappearing. God wants to use us. That's the solution. So we've seen the problem and the solution. Let's now go to the result. The result of finding a wanderer. Here in James chapter 5, the close of the book, James says it will save his soul from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Wow, this is big. The stakes are high here. Saving someone's soul from death and covering a multitude of sins. That's what's at stake. James is showing us how serious sins are, how serious wandering into sin can be. This is talking about one wanderer, and he says a multitude of sins. Can you imagine for a minute if, if you could count all your sins? Even kids, think about this, kids. You maybe only live six, eight, ten years. If all your sins were known, every single one, what would the number be? That's a lot of sins, right? We could fill a library of books recording our sins. Thousands and thousands, millions of millions, every sinful thought, every careless, hurtful comment, every good thing we should have done that we did not do. Every single one of us has a multitude of sins on our record. 
And if we die with that multitude of sins on our record, our soul dies. The death of the soul. The Bible describes this, that if we die in our sins without them covered, it's the second death to be cast away from the presence of God forever in hell. That's what the Bible describes. We need our sins covered. That's why seeking the wanderer is so important, that they won't get lost in their sins again. Now, the good news about this is that Jesus has a heart for the wanderer. Listen to what Jesus says. We see this in the Gospel of Luke. It's chapter 15, verses 1 to 7. Just listen to this. Now, the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him, near to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. We see this often in the gospel. Jesus spending time with sinners. Jesus connecting with the wanderers, those who seem far from God. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing and when he comes home he calls together his friends and his neighbors saying to them rejoice with me for I have found my sheep that was lost just so I tell you there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance the result of a wanderer coming back is rejoicing, rejoicing in heaven, souls saved from death, multitudes of sins covered, and rejoicing in heaven because God loves to bring back his wandering children. He loves it when we repent. He knows we are prone to wander, and he comes and finds us. You know, it says here, cover a multitude of sins. We know we cannot cover someone else's sins. We go and find a wanderer. We're not the one covering their sins. But God uses us to bring them back. God uses us in his plan to bring back wanderers as he covers their sins through Jesus. So maybe you're here today and you are the wanderer. As I've been talking today, you're sitting there and you realize, this is me. I'm the one who has wandered away from my Lord. It could be that just this past week, you've taken one little step off the path. And you're starting to wander. And by God's grace, he's calling you back today. Don't take any more steps away. It could be that you have wandered away for years. You are a hundred steps off of the path of following Jesus. It could be that you put your faith in Jesus as a child, but since then, you have wandered into the allures of this world. It could be that for months, perhaps even years, you've hardly touched the word of God or read it. In your prayer life, you barely pray at all, and you're wandering away. 
Maybe God's calling you back this morning. Jesus died on the cross for wanderers to cover a multitude of sins. God didn't just leave us to wander. He sent Jesus. Jesus who had no multitude of sins. Jesus who had zero sins because he was God and man at the same time. And Jesus who went to the cross without sin so that he could be a sacrifice to pay for all of our sins. He doesn't have to keep dying over and over again. If you sinned yesterday, he's not going to die again. When he died on the cross, he said, it is finished. And that meant all of our sins were paid for then once and for all. And so if you've wandered, come back. He paid for the sins. He showed the Father's deep love for us on that cross. Why run away from him any longer? Come back to him today. You've been looking for hope and peace in so many other places and you're not going to find it. You're designed to find hope and peace in the Lord. Come back to him if you have wandered. It could be that you're here today or you're tuning in online and your whole life has been one great big wandering. You know you have a multitude of sins and you've never trusted God. You have not heard or trusted in Jesus. And you've been bouncing around from idea to idea, from philosophy to philosophy, from hope to hope, from person to person, and you're not finding truth. You're not finding peace. You're not finding answers to your questions. And you're not finding a covering for your multitude of sins. The message for you today is the same. Come to Jesus. You were actually made to worship Jesus. That's what God designed us for. But we've wandered into so many sins. And so my friend, trust in Jesus today, even for the first time. He died on the cross to pay for all of our sins. He'll wash your slate clean once and for all. Your soul will not die. You'll have eternal life with the Lord forever. Turn from your sins and trust in Jesus today. So brothers and sisters, we have this powerful conclusion to the book of James. Either God is calling you to stop wandering today or he's calling you to seek the wanderer today. Let's pray. Father, you are such a gracious God. Forgive us for our wandering. I thank you for seeing us wandering away so many times and calling us back, calling us back, bringing us back time and time again. Lord, I thank you for all the people you have used in my life to call me back when I've wandered. Thank you so much for our church community at ECC. Help us to grow in love for each other, in knowing each other, to call each other back from wandering. Help us to see the ways we wander and to fight against them. Lord, we thank you that you cover a multitude of sins, that, Lord Jesus, you gave it all on the cross. You took the full judgment to save us from our wandering, to save our souls from death. Lord, we love you and we trust you. 
We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.